Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Most High in Christ. All right. Um, 
One thing we want everybody to get an understanding with as we go on these scriptures, the first thing we got to lay, because if you're not looking at yourself first, it's, it's useless to be looking at prophets and teachers. So we want to start off with Second Timothy, the fourth chapter. We'll start off with Second Timothy four and two, and we want everybody that's uh, looking in the show to get some edification on how they should follow, how they should worship, to consider uh, this scripture. Second Timothy chapter four verse two. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all on suffering and doctrine. So this is talking to the men. And uh, it's talking to the true followers of Christ. It's telling us to preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all, all long suffering and doctrine. Now, hold on for me, give me First Peter's uh, 4 and 11, because I want to make it clear that when the scriptures are talking about doctrine, it's not talking about a book that I wrote and I'm trying to push and teach people through the book that I wrote or, or some other book or some other doctrine. The doctrine the, the Bible is talking about is the, is the doctrine of God. Um, you for me? Yeah, we're going to First Peter chapter 4, verse 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praised, and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So when it says exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, the doctrine we're supposed to be dealing with is the Bible, mm-hmm. the oracles of God, not our own book, because we see that on TV also, pastors coming out with books they wrote, like that dude, uh, Master Bishop. Mm-hmm. All he talks about is the, the books he wrote, which is uh, the seven, the Ten Commandments to Prosperity. Mm-hmm. And... I, wa- I watched this guy for a, a few weeks, and every time he comes on TV, all he deals with is his book. <laughs> Turn to this page in the book. Turn to that page in the book on the laws of prosperity. Mm-hmm. But he's not dealing with the Bible. He does. He never opened up the Bible, and that's what we're supposed to be dealing. That's why it says, if any man speak, let him speak according to the oracle of God, which is the words of the Bible. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability that God gave him. If God is the one that's blessing us, bringing us into the understanding, and 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 raising us up in His Word, let's go back to Second Peter's four. I wanted to make sure everybody. Yes, sorry, Second Timothy's four chapter. Second Timothy chapter four, read verse three. All right, Second Timothy four and three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So the sound doctrine is the Bible. The Scripture says the time will come, and it's funny to say the time will come because back. In the days when we look at, we can go back to Isaiah, we can go back to Moses. Mm-hmm. They weren't enduring sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, matter of fact, hold this. We, I want to pull that out. I want to prove that. Go to Isaiah 30 and verse 8. Because Isaiah 30 and 8 said the same thing. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8. And it reads, Now go, write it before them in a table. And note it in the book, in a book, excuse me, that it may be for time to come forever and ever. See, for the time to come forever and ever. It came, it was in this time when Isaiah was speaking. It was the time of when Christ was on the earth. It was in the time when, when uh, Paul was writing his writings. And, mm-hmm. and, it was, and it's even to this day right now. 
And what is it we talking about? Read on. Verse 9. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. So the people didn't want to hear the law. They didn't want to hear what they had to do. They didn't want to hear about repentance, mm-hmm. that they had to keep the commandments of God. Read on. Would say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceit. So speak unto us smooth things. Mean what they want to hear. Exactly. Prophesy deceit. Mean lies. Don't mm-hmm. tell us the right things about loving your brother. Stop killing. Stop murdering. Stop committing fornication. But tell us smooth things mm-hmm. about money. How I'm gonna get money. How I get rich. How I can kill. How I can rape. Mm-hmm. How I can sleep with who I want. How can I? How can I get many wives? Tell us smooth things. Read on. Get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. So the Holy One of Israel is this Bible, Christ. They don't want to hear the words of Christ. Stop mm-hmm. stop talking about Christ. And it was always like that. Now let's go back to um, 2 Timothy. I want to read that again. 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 4 and read verse 3. Yeah, verse 3. All right. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves, excuse me, teachers having itchy ears. Okay, the reason why I started with this scripture right here, because if you come to find, if you're coming to look for a pastor to teach you about the Heavenly Father Christ, mm-hmm. you have to examine yourself first. Are you an individual with itchy ears? Mm-hmm. Are you an individual that want to hear what you want to hear? But as soon as the laws come out, as soon as repentance come out, as soon as the, the words of Christ come out, if it's not what you like, then you don't want to deal with it. Because if that's the type of individual you are, then you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Because we have to follow God according to the scriptures. We can't follow God according to our hearts. Because the scriptures tell us that our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Mm-hmm. So we can't look at our hearts and our own thoughts and opinions, but we have to look at what the Bible is telling us. That's why read read that read three again for me, please. Second Timothy four, verse three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto the fables. And the truth is like we read before in our, in the book first Timothy's fourth chapter, verse eleven. The truth is the oracles of God, the words of God in Christ. That's the truth. So they turning themselves from what the Bible is saying, and they turn into fables, meaning false stuff that's made up, fairy tales. Like mm-hmm. we got Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, all this stuff is not according to the doctrine of Christ. Mm-hmm. Money, worldly things, things that things that they want. They want to be a, a fornicator. They'll find a, a pastor that says it's okay instead of opening up their minds and sitting down and looking at what the Bible say and repenting. That's what we got to look at. All right, now let's go into these, uh, take a look at these pastors. Let's go to uh, Matthews. Let's start with Matthews, the seventh chapter. See what our Lord and Savior tells us about this. Matthew 7, we're going to start with verse uh, 15. Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are in wolves. 
So the scriptures, Christ is telling us, he said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothes. I mean, they come into you with the Bible. They're saying they're of Christ. They're saying they're, they're teaching the gospel of Christ, but yet they're out there themselves. They don't care nothing about you. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, read on. Excuse me. Verse 16. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? So it said, ye shall know them by their fruits. So before we continue in the scripture, I want to look at some of the fruits, or some of the, the fruits is talking about the works of false prophets. Let's go to the book of uh, Lamentation, the second chapter. Let's examine some of the works in the past that false prophets have done. And let's see how how it matches up to the to the, to the day, if we see that in certain prophets and teachers that we see teaching nowadays. Um, verse fourteen. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Let me take chapter two, verse fourteen. Thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not dis- discovered thy iniquity to turn away thy captivity, but have seen for thee false burdens. And causes of banishment. All right. So it says, thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee. They have not discovered thy iniquity to turn away thy captivity. So basically, if they ain't discovered, if they have not discovered your iniquity, iniquity is sin. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell, they're not telling the people in this time right here, in the time of Jeremiah, they were not telling the people what they needed to do to bring them out of captivity. Because the reason the people fell into captivity, the children of Israel went into captivity was for a reason. He didn't just the, the nation didn't just rise up against Israel and brought them in captivity. There was a reason. Mm-hmm. So he said, they're not telling you what you did or what you got to do to return. Mm-mm. And it says, but have seen for thee false burdens and causes of banishment. So the cause, the same reason why you was banished is the same thing they seen for you. Exactly. So, so let's look at that. Let's take it. Let's look at a couple scriptures. I want to look at um two scriptures real quick. Let's go to these. Ezekiel, we're going to come back to this. I'm going to look at Ezekiel 22. See, what, what the scriptures talk about, what was the causes of Israel's banishment? Ezekiel 22, start at 1. We're going to read 1 down to 4. We'll just read about two scriptures in our Ezekiel. All right, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 1. Yeah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying... <clears throat> Now, thy son of man, would thou judge, would thou judge the bloody city? Yea, thou shalt show her all her abominations. So, first of all, he's referring to Israel or Jerusalem as a bloody city. So, a bloody city, the, the reason why men are killing and, 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 and shedding blood in a city mainly, mainly is the works of the flesh. Mm-hmm. They're not dealing with their hatred. They have a covetous spirit. They want things that don't belong to them. They stealing. They're not dealing with anger. Mm-hmm. They're not dealing with uh, you know, the things that that the scriptures describe as the works of the flesh are things that's going to cause men to shed blood. And also, uh, how the scriptures say when one when one offend you, the scriptures teach you, you know, how to deal with certain situations before that wrath kicks into hatred, exactly. and then it leads to other things like murder. Scriptures teach you how to deal with situations, but they're not teaching you the word of God to teach you how to avoid situations like that and then also cater to that anger that's inside of you. Yeah. And also the other person that's offending you to, to reach them, to teach them how to repent from their actions. Exactly, exactly. 
Very good. So when we look, when we look at uh, something like that, mm-hmm. we know that the prophets wasn't teaching the people to repent from their hatred, to repent from their anger, no. to repent from uh, a lot of people who kill each other for robbery and robbery. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that the scriptures mentioned in other places that they were doing. Mm-hmm. These are all things which are works of the flesh. So they were not repenting from these things. And even when we look at now, we know that the that the children of Israel that was in the land of Jerusalem came into captivity to the Americas, the West Indies, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. When you look right here, right now in America, where are some of the most bloodiest cities in America? You mean certain cities that, like New York, uh, Baltimore? Certainly, uh... look at the top violent cities in America. What type of people would you see in those cities? Oh, yeah, the so-called blacks and Latinos and things of that nature. Yeah, we got cities like right here in Connecticut, New Haven. New Haven, yeah. Bridgeport, Harvard. Mm-hmm. Those are high-violent cities. Mm-hmm. We got cities like uh, in the country like Detroit, D.C., um, Chicago, mm-hmm. L.A. So the, the vibration of these people haven't changed because what? They have not been taught their iniquity. They have not been the word of what they're doing wrong and what they need to do is not what's being bought out. What's being bought out is money, yeah, <laughs> uh, nationality, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. But what we need to do to return back to God, that information is not coming out. So that's one of the things we see. Read that again, verse two for me. Yeah, um, Ezekiel twenty-two and two. Now the son of man, excuse me. Now the son of son, um, thou son of man, would thou judge? Would thou judge the bloody city? Yea, thou shalt show her all her abominations. Then, then say thou, thus saith the Lord God, the city sheddeth blood in the midst of it, that her time may come and maketh idols against herself to defile herself. So that's another thing, shedding blood and making idols, mm-hmm. and make idols to herself. So when it said what the prophets see for them was causes of banishment, the prophets don't do, one of the things they were seeing for them was idolatry. Mm-hmm. And we look at today, what, what do a lot of uh, so-called pastors see for our people? Do they not see Christmas? Yeah. We can see some churches. Uh, I was looking at a picture of um, Crepo Dollar, and he had a big Christmas tree in the, in the background. <laughs> so we know that um, the Christmas tree and the worshiping of Christmas goes back to worshiping of the sun god. Exactly. And that that type of idolatry was around even in this time of Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that they were doing back then that caused them to go into captivity, that's the same thing we have pastors right now seeing for our people. Yeah, because the Lord told us, don't follow the heathen and, and, and their gods. And following their gods, the Most High said it's an abomination. He hates the way they serve. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So if we're following the way that they're serving, that's causes of banishment. That's something that God hates. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people look at idolatry as a small thing. You know, they say, well, I'm doing it for Christ. Mm-hmm. When the Bible says, no, you do the way I'm telling you just worship me is how you do it. Don't add to it. Don't take from it. That's the whole reason why the Most High put us in captivity in the first place. Exactly. So we don't know. All right. Ezekiel 22 and verse 4. Thou art become guilty in thy blood that thou hast shed. And hast defiled thyself and thy idols which thou hast made, and thou hast caused thy days to draw near, and thou come even into into thy years. Therefore have I made thee a reproach unto the heathen, and a mocking to all countries. So the other nations was looking down on the children of Israel back then, as they look down on the children of Israel now. Oh yeah. When you look at the children of Israel, 
or the so-called uh, uh, blacks and Hispanic descent. Mm-hmm. What's going on with them? You see killing going on. You see idolatry going on. Mm-hmm. You don't see the love of brothers. Not at all. And other nations are looking down on them even to this day for the same reason. So let's look at another example of it to see if if it changes. Go to Ezekiel uh, um, 36, 36, 16. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 16. Moreover, the word of, word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their own doings. Their way was before me, as the uncleanness of the removed woman. Wherefore I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land and for the idols wherewith they had polluted it. It's the two major things, again, the two major things was the blood they were shedding mm-hmm. and their idols they were worshiping. Mm-hmm. All right, read on. Verse 19. And I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the country according to their way and according to their doings I judged them. So... <laughs> the captivity of Israel was caused by themselves going into idol worshiping and not repenting. So the false prophets, read that again for me in Lamentations. Lamentations uh, 2 and 14. So the false prophets were, were, were not telling them, when we read Lamentations, it's, it's going to tell us that the false prophets, which were supposed to be telling them to re- return back to God and repent, mm-hmm. that was not the message they were bringing them. Nope. Let's read that again. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 14. Thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for me. So the things they were seeing or telling them about was vain. It, it, was, it didn't help them. Mm-mm. It was useless. And it was foolish. And we see that today. A lot of things they're telling our people isn't really benefiting them or bringing them closer to God. That's what, that's what we're going to look at is the things that they're learning in these churches these pastors that's supposed to be leading the flock back to God and Christ are mm-hmm. these are these inf- are the information they bringing them profiting them. All right, read on. I'm gonna read again. Lamentation two fourteen. Thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not discovered thy iniquity. Discover thy iniquity. Mm-hmm. That's key right there. That's right. Because discover your iniquity is telling you what you're doing wrong, what you need to stop doing. That's what it's all about. Repenting Have not discovered thy iniquity Even Christ When he came That was the main message he had Even when he did great works You know what I'm going to get it Matter of fact Finish reading that I want to get a quick scripture On what Christ How Christ felt about the people Not doing what they were supposed to do And they have not discovered thy iniquity To turn away thy captivity But have seen for thee false burdens And causes of banishment False burdens Telling you to do something that's not really helping you get closer to God and causes of banishment mean the same things that cause you to go into captivity, cause you to get scattered, is what they're seeing and what they're telling you. So, in other words, they're telling you to do something that's just making the God that's making God mad at you, <laughs> even more mad. Mm-hmm. And the perfect example is these pagan holidays. A lot of these pastors are they telling you to celebrate these holidays. I even heard pastors on TV said Jeremiah 10 chapter ain't got nothing to do with Christmas. Celebrate Christmas. There's nothing wrong with it. It's for Christ. Wow. So what they seen for you? Causes of banishment. They're going to have to answer to that. See, a lot of, a lot of pastors, well, I'm not even going to say just the pastors, but a lot of their, their, uh, their, their flock out there, um, these people out here that's glorifying men because that's what you're doing, 
You're not glorifying God when you're worshiping lies. <laughs> you know, you're glorifying man. You're glorifying Satan because they're going into their own understanding. And little do you know, you're just you're just falling a victim. You know what I mean? You're falling a victim to this madness, man. And you need to repent. You need to realize what it is you're doing. You need to study for yourself and realize that what they're teaching you are not according to the scriptures. And when you realize that, even though how embarrassing it may feel to you, how long you've been involved in this foolishness, you know, you feel like you can't turn from it and doing it this long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and my whole family's doing it. The whole world's doing it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Matter of fact, it's going to hurt you because you feel embarrassed. You feel foolish. You feel stupid in so many words, you know? Yeah. So then you don't, you, you, you don't want to stop now. <laughs> so, but no, you need to repent. You need to get rid of that feeling that you think you feel inside of you of, uh, other words, being brainwashed, man, because that's what it is. And you can't follow the majority because that's what was going on here when we read in the scripture in the time of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. The majority mm-hmm. was going into idolatry. Exactly. The majority was going after the, the, the imagination of their hearts. It was the minority, that small minority, even um, the scriptures talk about how Ezekiel said that he was left alone and they, they were seeking his life. He said, they are thy prophets. And I am left alone, and they seek my life. But God told me, he has 7,000 that have not bowed the knees to the image of Baal. So it shows you that the, the elect men were a minority. So you can't look at the majority and try to follow the majority because the, the, the majority is going right into the pits of hell. Mm-hmm. you got to read the scriptures, open it up, and apply it. So I made a statement about how Christ was upset at the people in his time. Because they will not repent. I want to read that real quick. Go to um, Matthew 11 and 20, and then we're going to come back into, uh, I want to read something in Jeremiah. All right, so this is Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. Then began he to upbraid the, upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. So Christ was doing mighty works in the city, and he had to go back and upbraid them. He had to go back and tell them all. Why? Because they repented not. Because they repented not. Mm-hmm. So all the things he was doing, all the mighty works he was doing, the key message was that they had to repent. So you know what the thing is? It's funny that you're going into this, man. A lot of people, if you find a connection of what we're saying and where I'm about to bring it, even when you see these so-called miracles you think is real that's being done today, where's the message of repenting that in that? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not really seeing that. They're not teaching you to repent. Because that's, I'm glad you said that. Because if Christ wasn't telling the people to repent, yeah. why would he be mad at them for not repenting? Exactly. Don't make no sense. So obviously, even though he was doing miracles, mm-hmm. the message was there for them to repent. And he was upset because they were not repenting. They did not take heed to that message of repentance. Because even when he healed people, he told them, go thy way and do what? Sin no more. Exactly. So he was healing people, telling them not to sin no more, and they were continuing in sin. So he went back, and Scripture says, uh, I'm going to read that again. Mm-hmm. Matthews, it says, Then began he to upbraid the city, wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Mm-hmm. So even though he was healing them, he was giving them the message that they need not to sin. They need to stop sinning. They need to repent. That was the message of Christ. Just like we read in Lamentation that the false prophets were not showing the people that. 
They were not showing the people that they needed to repent. They were not showing them. We read in Lamentation. It says, uh, I'm going to read that again. It says, Thy prophet has seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not discovered thy iniquity to turn away thy captivity. I mean, they, had not, they did not tell them to stop committing idolatry. They were not telling them to stop hating, stop killing and shedding blood, stop bearing a grudge. <laughs> Deal with yourself. Can I go to a couple sure, scriptures real quick? Sure. Yeah, let me let me go to uh, Matthew 24 and 24. Because what we're talking about is according to scriptures. We're not making this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the people out there that's healing people and doing all these things and even if it's real or if it's not real, you know, for safer argument, whatever the case may be, where is the repentance message in it? Because all we're seeing is that you're healing and keep giving them more money. Yeah, give me money. That's all you really see in these churches. If they're doing some kind of miracles, there's got to be some money behind it. And that's something else we're going to pull out. Is that a sign of a true prophet? Mm-hmm. Or is that a sign of a false prophet? And that's what we're about to go into right now, basically. Okay, good. All right, go go to uh, uh, Matthew 24 and read verse 24. Matthew 24 and 24. Mm-hmm. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. Just like we're talking about now. You know, because a lot of people out there in the world today in these churches, they feel as though their pastor is on that pedestal of what we're reading right here. Not realizing that they're false prophets, though. But they're doing great signs and wonders to them, though. They believe that it's real, mm-hmm. that these things are really taking place. Read it one more time. Matthew 24, 24. Mm-hmm. there shall arise false Christ and false prophets. Wait, wait, there's a point, though. Because remember how we always talk about, what the scriptures talk about, if someone come preaching another Jesus, yeah. you know what I'm saying, another Christ, because it's going into a false Christ and a false Jesus. People are so gullible and naive and not really understanding that just because they use the word Jesus Christ, right? Coming in sheep clothing. Coming in sheep clothing, but inwardly they got a different plan. They got a different agenda, folks. They have a different agenda. Don't be so gullible and naive just because you hear Jesus and you hear Lord and then you hear love, love, love. Don't be so gullible. Don't be so naive. Read that one more time. Read it one more time, brother. This right. is, uh, pro, um, excuse me, Matthew 24, 24. For there shall arise false Christ. What are S? Crises. <laughs> Plural. <laughs> Go ahead. And false prophets. <laughs> and shall show great signs and wonders. It, they might, it might be great to you. It might be something yeah. phenomenal. It might be something that blew your mind. Mm-hmm. Read on. And so much that if it were possible, it shall deceive the very elect. Like I always say, now check that out. Because the elect themselves, we know we're not going to be fooled, though, right? Mm-hmm. But it's so powerful, the message and the vibration that's out there in the world. Wow, it's so close that they even might even be taken mm-hmm. by a snare and a trap. Make you stop and scratch your head. And, and be like, like, hmm, wait a minute. Is God really working with them? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Go give me um, Deuteronomy. Chapter 13 real quick We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 13 And we're going to read We're going to start at verse 1 Because this spirit is real This spirit is out here But a lot of people are being Like I said so gullible and so naive And not really 
taking a seat back, right? Be on the outside and look in for a minute. Take yourself out of that picture for a minute and see, am I involved in a false doctrine? Am I involved with a false Christ or a false prophet? Hmm, am I following some man or am I following Christ? Exactly. But see, this is a serious thing. People take it so lightly, like it's just a, a club, you know what I mean, a, a, a place to go join, you know, to hold hands and feel good. No, it's way bigger than that. Let's read, brother, uh, Deuteronomy 13 and 1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and give it thee a sign or a Your homeboy, Bernard E. Jordan, master prophet, right? <laughs> All these so-called prophetic doctrines and uh, telling you what's going to happen in your future and whatever the case may be. Okay, let's say if he is doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Read on. And the sign... Or the wonder comes to pass. Oh, snap. It happened. It happened. He told me that was going to happen. And it came to pass. Read on. Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods. Now, uh-oh. Oops. Now you made a boo-boo, though. Good. Because now he's teaching you that Christmas is real. He's teaching you that Thanksgiving is real, Easter is real. He's teaching you it's okay to be a homosexual. But wait, hold up. That's not what the word of God says, though. But wait, let's go further up again, but read verse 1 again. We've got to read it again. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and give it thee a sign or a wonder, read. and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Wait, wait. Now we want you to go serve a different god, though. This miracle came to pass, though. These signs, these wonders. Yo, this pastor is incredible. This minister is incredible. This guru or whoever, this prophet, whoever he is, this man of God to me is incredible. Mm-hmm. But you're not paying attention because you're not reading the Bible for yourself. You're so caught up in what he or she did for you or the, or, or the wonder or sign in front of you, you're not even really paying attention to the simplicity that is in Christ that is written in the Bible. Yeah. What, what does the Bible say? You're, ser- you're getting ready to serve another God. Yeah, it could be as simple as serving that man. Listen to what he's saying instead of listening to what Christ says. Mm-hmm. Instead of following the scripture, you you following some man. Reverse. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet. That means no. The Most High said, uh-uh, uh-uh. do not serve him or her. You can't do that. If I tell you um, homosexuality, like to be a gay or a lesbian, a man that's sleeping with a man or a woman sleeping with a woman, that according to the scriptures, that is unclean to you. Don't do that. But this individual that did this wonder or sign or miracle or whatever he did, tell you, look, I'm, the, I, I, I'm a messenger of God. Look what I just did. But yet it's okay to be a homosexual. God loves you anyway. It's okay to have a Christmas tree up. God loves you anyway. He understands that um, we know we can't find no biblical proof that it was on December 25th, but he understands that you just acknowledging his B-Day. No, don't serve that madness. It's that simple. We're trying to really break it down to the lowest compound and simplify it so you can see that it's that simple. Yeah. Read verse 3 one more time. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proved you. So he's proving you now. 
right, do you want to serve that man or that woman, or do you want to serve me, the Lord? You got to make your decision. I don't care what miracle or sign this individual did. Read on. For the Lord your God prove you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. But but Jesus, Jesus just loves. But you don't even know the definition of love because you want to follow what the rest of the world is involved in and these different pastors and churches and not really understand what love really is and it's to keep it under commandments through Christ. Yeah. Read the next verse. Verse 4. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. So we got to embrace the commandments. Exactly. We got to cleave, cleave me. We got to hold on and embrace the commandments, man. That's what we have to do. We cannot embrace this so-called prophet that's doing signs and wonders and that's doing things that's got you in awe, you know, making you feel like, oh, he or she is so incredible in their teachings, so incredible in miracles and signs and wonders, and so incredible because why? Because he could, he could tell me, he, he's a prophet, he could prophesy to me what's going to take place tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But yet he's not teaching you to repent, people. He's not teaching you that. So you have to realize he's proving you, are you going to serve me or are you going to serve that, that madness, or are you going to serve Satan? Because that's what it's going into. That's exactly what it's going into. All right? I'm going to read verse 5. Oh, you want to read it? Go ahead. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. Because we're not putting no man to death or woman to death today. Yeah. But who's going to do that, um, brother? That's right. But it's going to come to pass. Don't think that it's not. People think that that death still ain't going to come upon you. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You got another thing coming if you think you're not going to be judged for for your actions by serving a false prophet, a false Christ, false doctrine. The penalty is death. Read on. Back to you, man. Read on. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death mm-hmm. because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage mm. to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. Mm. So shall thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. You think the Most High is going to put away that evil? You think he's going to allow that madness to go on in the kingdom? Are you serious? That means... He's going to what? Clear house. He's going to clean house. Only the righteous, those that repent, is going to make it to the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? People, you think when the kingdom set up, we're still going to have Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving? Are you serious? We have high holy days, the most high ordained. We're not going to be keeping this madness. You know what I'm saying? It's not going down like that. I want to go to one more scripture. This one. Okay. I want to add this to what you're saying. Right. Make it... Um, Go to St. John's 10. All right. St. John's chapter like 10. This one, 10 and 4. All right. To add on to that, because the verse you said where it said that he's trying to take you from, from walking in the way God has commanded us to walk. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Because we got we to gotta follow Christ. Mm-hmm. We got to follow examples of Christ. And that's why uh, if these pastors, or I don't care what, what he is, I'm uh, chief high priest, master bishop, master deacon, whatever, grand poobah, <laughs> If he's telling you to follow something that's contrary that you can't find in the scriptures, you're not supposed to follow that. You can't do that. That's what that scripture is bringing out. <laughs> that's going into serving another God. Mm-hmm. So we definitely please uh, St. John 10 and 4. Excuse me. St. John chapter 10, verse 4. And when he put forth his own sheep, 
he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So the sheep is supposed to be, when they say he put, off, he put forth his own sheep, they follow him. Let's talk about Christ. He goes before them. I mean, he laid the way on how we're supposed to walk. Mm-hmm. He gave us the, the perfect example that we're supposed to follow. Mm-hmm. And he well, he went before us and did it. Now we're supposed to follow those steps. He committed no sin. So we supposed to commit no sin. We're supposed to strive for that. Exactly. All right, we don't? Uh, verse 5. And a stranger will they not follow. So that's what's going on. Men are following strangers. Mm-hmm. They're following doctrine and philosophies that's not found in the scriptures. Exactly. They're following doctrine and philosophies and, and walking in steps that Christ did not walk. Exactly. Did Christ walk after Christmas? No. Did he walk after Thanksgiving, New Year's? No. Did he walk after a man being a chief high priest and a man being a master bishop and a, and a big grand poobah? No, because he is the high priest. He's the one we got to follow. That's He's right. the one. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's exalted. Exactly. All right, you know? Verse 5, I'm going to read it again. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. You better run. For they know not the voice of a stranger. So it doesn't matter what type of miracle the guy did. That's right. I don't care if he levitated into the air 20, 30, 40 feet. That's right. If it's not contained in the scriptures what he's telling you to do, then you're not supposed to follow. We all supposed to follow Christ. Anybody that say they're a bishop or minister, they're supposed to teach us and help us and guide us on how we follow Christ. That's mm-hmm. what we want to bring out in this class. Yeah, yeah. Not teach us and guide us in following their own thing. That's the bottom line. I'm going to bring up this one scripture and give it back to you. Uh, Isaiah 56. Yeah, Isaiah 56. <laughs> and let's, excuse me, let's start at verse 10. Isaiah 56 and 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yeah, so we understand a watchman, what a watchman does. It's funny because even even our coworker at, at the job talking about he's a gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> right? I love him to that, but I explained to him what a gatekeeper is. He's going to laugh when he hears this. But, but even a watchman, we see a watchman, you know, we, we know what is a watchman. Watchman, just like the the first part of the word, watch. Yeah. He's looking, he's watching. What is he watching for? <laughs> you know, he's watching for what's any danger coming in. Yeah, if any danger coming. Just like a pastor, a pastor mm-hmm. watch over the top. Exactly. He's, he's looking for a wolf mm-hmm. or something that's coming to hurt the sheep. That's right. That's what he's looking for. So if that watchman are blind, I mean, what are you going to do <laughs> with a blind man to be in a watchtower? What good is a blind man? It's in vain. It's useless. He can't see what's coming. He can't see the danger coming. You know, darn well, we're not going to put a blind man up for watch. Yeah. But these are what's going on now in these churches. These are watchmen that are blind. It's, it's, it goes along with the next example. There's a dog that can't bark. Come on. A dog's supposed to bark. Let you know somebody's breaking in the house. <laughs> Why do you even have a dog, then? Why you have a dog when he's just chilling, just laid up chilling, eating, and just laid up sleep and letting a um, burglar come into the house and do whatever? What do you got a dog for? It's useless. So it says, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs that cannot bark, 
sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Right? Read on. Yeah, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. Yeah, because they they have a different agenda. They're out for their own, you know, gain or whatever it is it is that that they are enjoying the power of it. You know what I mean? The, 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 either the power or the glory or the money and the fame, whatever the case may be. They're out for their own. They ain't thinking about no darn sheep. They're talking about lacing their pockets. Yeah, they don't give a darn about the flack. They have a different agenda, people. Read um, verse 11 one more time. Yeah, they are all greedy dogs, which can never have enough. Mm -hmm. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. Why can't they understand? Because they're not teaching the people to repent, right? First of all, they have to repent in order for the most high to open them, their minds to have understanding. Because they don't have understanding. The only understanding they have is what what's going to what improve what it is that they're they're trying to do, their agenda. That's the only understanding they have is their own mind and what they want from it. Read on. And how to manipulate the scriptures to get what they want. Exactly. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his gain from his quarter. That's the whole point. That's why these people are rich these churches, the Creflo Dollars, the Eddie Long Strokes, and then you got TD Fakes and all the rest of them. This is why these dudes is rich, the Joyce Myers and all them. Why are they so paid? They ain't teaching the people to repent. Not once. And they also, you talked about books earlier, they got books too. They selling nothing but books. Every time at the end of their message, they selling some kind of book, or you got to give $120 offering, and you and you receive all these different books or the DVD of today's session. You know, come on, people. The most high word of God is free. You ain't got to buy jack. Yeah, it's all free. It's all free. I'm going to give it back to you. All right, let's go to um, Jeremiah 23. All right. Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah 23 got to come out. Yeah, it got to. That's like the – it has to come out. <laughs> um, start at 16. All right. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 16. <clears throat> 16. Excuse me. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak of uh, a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. So when it's talking about they speak of vision of their own heart, mm -hmm. it meaning that what they're saying is not contained in the Bible. They're bringing out their own thing. They're, the thing they're telling you to do or to follow if you don't find it in the scriptures, you're not supposed to follow it. Exactly. And you see a lot of people doing that. A lot of people teaching things. They might be teaching the Bible, and they go into teaching things that's not even in the Bible. So we got to be very careful. Because the scriptures say there is no lie in the truth. You know, because Satan knows the scriptures too. Exactly, yeah. Verse 17. Mm -hmm. They say still unto them that despise me. The Lord hath said, you shall have peace. And they, and they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. See, so it says, they, they say unto everyone that despise me. Mm -hmm. When you look at a person, they say, I don't despise God. How are you going to say, I don't yeah. I despise yeah. God? Mm -hmm. Christ brought it out. He said, look, no man can serve two masters. Either you love one and you hate the other. So if you're walking after the imagination of your heart or you're doing things that's contrary to God, mm -hmm. then you hate, you hate God. Exactly. So when he says, yeah, when he says you love one and you hate the other, so if, you, if you're if serving mammon or you're serving your own flesh and that's what you love and you don't want to repent, you don't want to stop doing the things that's contrary to God, then you are despised of God. It's just that simple. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's what that scripture is talking about. That's why verse seventeen says it says they say unto unto them that despise me, the Lord has said you shall have peace. So basically, they say to somebody that's committing sin that there's nothing wrong with it. They say to somebody that's committing idolatry, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. They say to somebody that's a, that's a homosexual, there's nothing wrong with that. You shall have peace, meaning that peace is you know, going to the kingdom. God ain't going to judge you for that. Wow. You're going to enter into eternal life. There's no judgment for that. What you're doing is not wrong. You're still going to have peace. Are you serious? Yeah. So they're not, again, they're not turning them from their iniquity. They're not showing them their sins. What they're doing is allowing them to, to keep committing these sins. And thinking it's all right with God. Exactly. And they and then what are they doing? They're tricking the people. You see, they, they, this is sad because a lot of souls are not going to make it to heaven, you know, because they're trusting their pastor, you know what I mean, and, and whoever their leader is, and they're really putting their soul in their hands, man. And they're not really reading the Bible for themselves. That's dangerous. Very dangerous. Are you still going to have peace and, and say it's okay to be a homosexual? God loves you anyway? Yo, and you're still at peace with that? But then you got the ones where people are telling them that, and then they go find a pastor that's going to co-sign it. Yeah. Co-sign it that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with these hate groups. Same thing with with the people out there um, um, that's, that's, that say they Israel, right? And they out there, what are they teaching? Nothing but hate. Teaching nothing but anger. Fighting, striving. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what happened to repent? But then, yeah, they still basically saying that they at peace, too. Yeah. These, these, these brothers got to be fools. They ain't, they ain't our brothers, but these dudes got to be fools to be out there teaching hatred and think they still at peace with God like it's okay. Because they misguided. Mm-hmm. They're under a false teacher. Exactly. And they follow men instead of going into the Bible and finding out what the scriptures say and repenting. Exactly. I read 17 again. All right. So this is Jeremiah 23, 17. They say still to them that despise me, the Lord hath said, you shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walk after the imagination of their own heart, no evil shall come upon you. Yeah, walking after the imagination of your own heart. The scripture says that the heart is wicked above all things and desperately wicked. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking after the imagination of your heart, I mean, whatever thought that comes into your head mm-hmm. that feels good, that you like you that you like to entertain, you go ahead and you entertain it. Wow. And then the pastor says, well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're still going to the kingdom. Christ didn't say there's anything. You don't have to do that. You don't have to worry about that. You can eat what you want to eat. You know, you can keep doing what you're doing. Because they blanketed it by the blood of Jesus by saying, you know, you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, as long as you believe in Christ. And you repented of your sins. As far as when they say repent, they mean with their mouth, not with their action. You know, you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Yes. Well, then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Let's jump down before we're going to take a break, but let's jump down and read 21 and 22. All right. Jeremiah 23, 21. I have not sent these prophets. Yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned um, turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. So these are the prophets that God said he did not send. Mm -hmm. Because he said, if they had stood in my counsel, the counsel of God is talking about the Bible. 
if they stood in the Bible and had caused my people to hear my words, which is the Bible, mm-hmm. then they should have turned them from their evil ways and from the evil of their doing. So if they were really a prophet of God, really a servant of God, they would have been pointing out the errors of the people. They would have been showing the people where they were sinning, where they breaking the commandments of the Heavenly Father in Christ, and how they're supposed to walk uprightly before the Heavenly Father in Christ. That's why uh, it's very important that a true minister of Christ is teaching the oracles of God and mm-hmm. teaching you how to follow the steps and the examples of Christ. All right, we're going to take our break right now, and when we return, we hope to start getting into what a true pastor and teacher of the Heavenly Father in Christ is supposed to be dealing with. So we hope you stay tuned when we come back. We'll be right back. Hello and shalom. Join us for the Spanish version of the virtual living room presented by the Body of Christ Church every Saturday at 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. In the virtual living room, we will discuss topics as they pertain to repentance and how to obtain salvation. You can join us via internet at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash ICDC or you can call us at area code 347-994-3788. Hola y salam para todos. Únete a nosotros en la sala virtual presentada por la Iglesia Cuerpo de Cristo los sábados a las 11 y media de la mañana hasta las 12 y media de la tarde. En la sala hablaremos sobre muchos temas relacionados al arrepentimiento y cómo obtener la salvación. Se nos pueden unir a través de internet visitando www.blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC o nos puede llamar al 1-347-994-3788. Gracias, que Dios por Cristo le bendiga. Thank you and may the most high name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Hi, this is Samad from the Body of Christ Church in St. Louis. I would like to invite you to our show in the STL. The shows air every Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is an hour show on Charter Communications, channel 980 and 981. So take some time out to get the good word. And may the Most High in Christ bless you. These programs are meant to edify the listener regarding repentance and good works according to the Holy Scriptures. The weekly program schedule is Sunday at 2 p.m., Tuesday at 8 p.m., Wednesday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., and Saturday at 9 a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Our Spanish broadcast is at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time 
each Saturday at blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC. Please accept our invitation to call in to our show at 646-716-7749. Your comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. Again, call in now. Please dial 646-716-7749. Brothers from the Body of Christ Church in Buffalo, New York, would like to invite you to our Sabbath class held every Friday evening from 7.30 p.m. until 9.30 p.m. The location is 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Once again, 7.30 to until 9.30 p.m., location 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. So if you're in the Buffalo area, you're always welcome. Remember, Christ said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank you. All right. Shalom, everybody. Most high Christ bless you. Welcome back to our show. Uh, we're going to continue with false prophets and teachers. We want to deal now and show some examples that the scriptures give us on what a true prophet and teacher of the Heavenly Father in Christ is supposed to be dealing with and uh, what they're supposed to be teaching. The Bible gives us the the examples, and we're going to bring it out for those who who, want, who need some clarification in that. All right, we're going to start with uh, 1 Timothy, the third chapter, starting at the first verse. 1 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 1. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire a good work. So when you look at the term bishop, there's a lot of people that sit in that office, whether they have that name or not, because a bishop is uh, is considered an elder or an overseer of a church or or of a congregation. So there's a lot of people sitting in the office of elders and uh, overseers of a, of a congregation. But a lot of these people in modern times are putting themselves up on a pedestal. Um, hold that for me, brother. I want to get a couple examples of that. Um, go to uh, Corinthians the fourth chapter. Because a lot of uh, so-called people that are leading congregation have put themselves up on pedestals and have themselves being glorified as some great, great person because uh, they're an uh, overseer of a church or they've been uh, in the doctrine longer than other people. Yeah. So they, they want you to give them some type of preeminence mm-hmm. and, and some type of glory. Mm-hmm. And we see that going on, on a lot. There's a lot of great titles men are putting on themselves, like the one who was talking about the master bishop. Mm-hmm. And you got uh, chief high priest and, and Bishop Eddie Long and master this, holy that. Um, read that for me, Second Second Corinthians 4 and 5. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. So we're not supposed, a bishop or a servant of Christ is not supposed to preach himself or put himself up as being some great man. The scriptures say that 
we're supposed to be preaching Christ. Christ is the grand poobah. He's the great man. Mm-hmm. He's the chief high priest. He's the exalted <laughs> one. He's the only one yeah. that deserves that title. In fact, let's get that for me to Matthew, the 20th chapter. He's the only one that deserved that title of being somebody great, somebody that's exalted up high. We're not supposed to be exalting ourselves or, or putting ourselves up as some great person. That's another uh, example of a false teacher. Then they have you follow them. um, Start at verse 20, 20 and 20. All right, Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on, on, on thy right hand and the other on thy left. So when you look at that, there's a couple of different accounts on that when you read the book of Mark, the book of Luke. Mm-hmm. They don't even speak of the mother. They just speak of them, of the uh, apostles, debating against each other about yeah. who, who shall be the greatest. Yeah. And when you look at someone that's designed to sit on the right hand of Christ, you have what? You have the heavenly father. You have Christ. Now, you're the next big honcho. Yeah. Because you got a lot of men talking about they're the next big honcho. Or you got a man talking about he's the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. Now, he, what, you sitting at the right hand of Christ now when the kingdom's set up? Yeah, like he is Christ, yeah. the Holy Spirit, but yeah. Then you got, like, uh, uh, what's that guy that started the, Mor- the Mormons? Mm-hmm. He, he claimed that he's going to be at the judgment seat. Wow. His judgment is, is above Christ's judgment. It's crazy. You got the man that started uh, Jehovah Witness. He's supposed to be some big honcho. Wow. You got a lot of guys putting themselves up as big honchos. They they sit at the right hand of Christ. That's what they're saying. They so they so big and bad here. They must be sitting at the right hand of Christ. Are you know all that? See what Christ, how Christ deal with this this spirit, this demon. Uh, Matthew twenty and twenty one. I'm gonna read it again. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on thy left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I will drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, we are able. And he saith unto them, ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. So the most high is going to choose who's going to receive that honor. But we're going to go through the things that Christ went through. We're going to be rejected. We're going to be hated. We're not going to be uh, looked upon as no uh, looked upon as anybody. Mm-hmm. You know. And and go ahead, read on that because I, I want to. Oh, okay, okay. Verse twenty-four. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with excuse me indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know not the prince, the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they great exercise authority upon them. So that's what this world does. These nations do that. Mm-hmm. Those that are great exercise dominion and authority. Mm-hmm. And we see, why is that going on in the churches? We got men claiming to be great and exercising dominion and authority over other men because they've been in longer. <laughs> we see men when they walk in the church, they want everybody to pop up and stand up, mm-hmm. salute them. We see all this thing on. We already seen these things going on. These things are still going on. Mm-hmm. Men putting them up themselves as they as their 
But what did Christ say about that? We don't. But it shall not be so among you. So the true apostles, the true teachers of Christ, are not supposed to be dealing with that. Uh-huh. They're not supposed to be looking, trying to put themselves up as somebody great and want other men to, to look up to them as they some great honcho, some grand poobah. They're straight up idiots, man, doing stuff like yeah, that. Some master prophet. Mm-hmm. Chief high priest and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> Comforter. All right, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So the ones that got the most rank are supposed to be doing the most work. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be helping the flock. They're supposed to help uplift the flock, help teach the flock. That's why when we read that in Second Corinthians four, uh, um, four and five, where it says, it says uh, we don't glorify ourselves, but but Christ. We don't preach ourselves, but Christ, and we your servants for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. Right? You know. Oh, okay. Verse uh, twenty-eight. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give a ransom for many. Yeah, when you look at Christ, what does Christ do? He washes the disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. And he was showing them an example on how they were supposed to be dealing. They weren't supposed to be dealing like they were lords over one another. They weren't supposed to be putting themselves up on no pedestal because they're an elder. And he also ministered by laying down his life for us. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what people got to understand. So that's not the example that we receive that we receive from Christ. But we do see that example which Christ said that the Gentiles exercise, we see, we do see that example being exercised in a lot of churches. And that's how men a lot of times get you to follow them and not follow what the scriptures are saying. Because they, they have you fearing them instead of fearing the Heavenly Father in Christ. Mm-hmm. So with that, let's go back to... Um, Let me say something real quick. Sure. Um, I just said that to minister into uh, Christ ministering to us, and he laid down his life for us. When you see men today, right... People that lay down their life for another individual is because the man, the man um, in their eyes was a great man or a great woman, and they were protecting them. You never see really the, the, the man with authority or the great man laying down his life for someone that's, to the world anyway, that's a nobody yeah. or that's basically in the eyes of the world undesirable or whatever the case may be, a poor man or whatever. But Christ is... The top dog. Yeah, he's the king. He's the king, man. The king came and died for you. He came and died for who? For us? You know what I mean? He came to die for us. He laid down his life. He jumped in front of that bullet. Usually the servant, the servant will die for the king. That's what I'm saying. The servant will jump in and die for the king. No. And this and this aspect of what the most high is saying in the spirit is that Christ came down the king himself, laid down his life for what? He humbled himself, laid down his life for us. That's a heavy thing, man. To be that servant And to explain that out and bring that out like that Is important because you got these men today Like you're saying that put themselves up on this High pedestal They're not laying down their life for you They want you to continue serving them As this great individual This great man because they want to be glorified that way You see You don't see Creflo Dollar open up his wallet Giving giving you half his his possessions Or all his possessions for, For a man that's going through hard times You don't see that do you yeah, he's standing up there looking at you while you bring money and throw it up on the stairs. And then he wanted James Brown and all on the on the on the stage wanna slide all over that money. Come on, man. That's what they doing. But he not gonna go in his back pocket and look out for you. He ain't gonna give you the keys to his house or his jet. 
Mm-hmm. He ain't going to do that, but he wants you to give up your earnings. These people crazy, but anyway. Uh, All right, let's go back. Uh, you got that on uh, 1 Timothy 3? All right, First Timothy chapter 3, all right, and verse, what, 2? Start at 1. Start at 1 again. All right, First Timothy 3 and 1. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. So, so a bishop then must be blameless. Mm-hmm. So how many people do we see playing that role as an elder overseer of a church, which did a lot of wrong to a lot of people, and a lot of people got a lot of evil things to say about them. We see that example a lot. The list goes on and on with that. And you out there that go to different churches, is the person that's the overseer of your church, is there a lot of evil things being said about that person? Because Scripture said that if he's supposed to be an overseer of a church, Mm -hmm. the elder in the church, he's supposed to be blameless. He's supposed to be of of a good report. And the thing is, don't get it twisted. None of us is going to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? It ain't It ain't going to be. But we're perfect through Christ. When you get that understanding, we're perfect through the shedding of his blood because we're working on ourselves to overcome that demon that's inside of us to repent of and finally overcome it. We can't stay in that and say, oh, I keep going to Christ, keep going to Christ. No, you got to overcome that demon. But these pastors are not, in the first place, are not teaching repentance, and they themselves are not repenting. Yeah. And that's the message in that. So you have to be exactly. blameless because when there's a fall in you and something comes up and you didn't know you were in the midst of sin or what have you, because scriptures talk about situations like that. And then you got a brother or sister pulling you and, and, and turning you from the evil of your ways so you can make it to the kingdom. And then once they tell you your fault, you need to examine it and repent. Exactly. That's, that, that, that makes you blameless. All right. Let me. Um, well, there's a lot of examples. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hospitality. How many of these guys even open up their house? <laughs> like Crefo, you, you think he would open up his house? I don't know nothing about him opening up his house for nobody. Apt to teach, and when it talks about being apt to teach, it's not talking about teaching your own thing or your own philosophy or or how you get rich or get rich scheme. It's talking about ready to teach the word of God, mm-hmm. the doctrine of repentance. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't. Verse four. I mean, excuse me. Verse three. Not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre. Not greedy of filthy lucre. Mm-hmm. What's that going? That's going into money, right? <laughs> yes. So how many pastors are greedy for money? And it says filthy. Yeah, because it's real sad because they're really chasing this money, and they're absolutely filthy rich, too. Yeah. Money is, you know, it's a shame. Like, these people are really being merchandise for them to get wealthy rich. And they're not teaching you anything to repent of, but fill up their pockets, though. And it said, not covetous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, read that again. Yeah, I'll read it again. Not given to wine, no striker, not greedy or filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, and not covetous. And the thing about being a brawler, being out there arguing and debating and ready to fight, that's not the characteristics of somebody that's an elder. Oh. That's not the characteristics of somebody that's an that's a, a overseer of a congregation. But you know what that's a characteristic of? Oh, we'll wait. We'll read on and I'll bring it out. Okay. Right, right, read on. Yeah, yeah. Verse 4. One who his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. And then we also have these so-called leaders and elders that don't mm-hmm. rule their house. They don't take care of their children. Mm-mm. Their children are not even home. They probably don't even know where their children are. Yep. 
They don't take care of their wife. They don't. They don't. Not a husband to their wives. They sleeping around with different women. They fornicators. Mm-hmm. These are all things we have to look at when we go into a congregation. Exactly. And then okay. And then it's just funny because even in, in, in some of those uh, some of the some of the groups we came from with the Israelite teachings, how some of them say you know the hell with their kids. Yeah, exactly. You know, like what is that? Exactly. How can you call yourself? a so-called elder, and you don't even deal with your children. You don't even help raise them up in the scriptures, but yet you call yourself an elder? Are you serious? You call yourself this important man of God? Are you serious? And you're supposed to be guiding the flock. You're supposed to be raising Israel back to God, Mm -hmm. and you don't even know, you don't even have an understanding of a a family structure. That's awful. So where we are, verse 5? Yeah. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Now, verse 6 is the point I wanted to make. Now the novice, thus being lifted up with pride, he fall into the combination of the devil. Because that's what I'm saying about these so-called elders. <laughs> Yo, because how can you call yourself an elder when you're out there and you want to brawl with these individuals down the street? And you're not even raising your kids. You're not home with your wife, and you're sleeping around with all these different women, these white women, as they say, you know, in these churches. I mean, uh, the Israelite sets. They say we're not supposed to be with other nations, but yet they're sleeping with these women from the other nations. Yeah, but then yet, you, you're out there committing fornication. You're out there brawling, arguing, striving. You don't take care of your kids. Right here it says, not a novice, lest thou, excuse me, lest being lifted up with the pride with, with pride, he fall into the combination of the devil. And that's the definition of these brothers out there. They're novices. But yet they claim to be in the truth for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, I don't care how many years, but you're still a novice. Exactly. Because you have not came to the understanding of Christ yet. Exactly. That's sad. Yeah. And you also got like, <laughs> I was watching one of these uh, uh, Christian guys, um, what's his name again, um, that used to rap, Mace. Yeah. He came a follow a Creflo Dollar. Yeah, Creflo's son, I guess. The guy was rapping, <laughs> then he stopped rapping for like six months. The next thing I seen, he had a big congregation. Yeah. And was leading the church. Mm-hmm. He's a novelist. What do you know about the Bible? And he has a big congregation. You listen to him talk, he don't even know what he's talking about. He's just running his mouth trying to uh, mimic Creflo Dollar. Exactly. All right, we don't read uh, moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given much wine, not greedy or filthy lucre. So, so, so is the deacon, his mm-hmm. officer. He's supposed to be of the same of the same character. Yep. Serious about this gospel, not not a drunkard, not giving the wine, not greedy for money, as we see going on in this world. A lot of covetous men teaching the scriptures. I want to go to Titus 1 and 7. It says the same thing, but there's one part in it that I like to pull out that it didn't mention. All right. Titus chapter 1 and verse 7. And the reading. Down to 9. Okay. Titus 1 and 7. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-will, not soon angry, not given the wine, no striker, not given the filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality. I want to look at this part too. Um, not self-will, because we're not supposed to be going after our own thing or what we think or how we feel. Because some people bring out 
like one of the groups we was talking about, they bring out their feelings about women and things of that nature. Where's that in the scriptures, though? You can't bring out your own personal thing when you're teaching the doctrine. Because that's, that's another way you're leading people to following another God. Mm-hmm. You're leading people to follow yourself. you got to bring out what's in the scriptures. you got to bring out what Christ said. you got to bring out the Bible. You can't be bringing out your own feelings and your own thoughts and your own ideas. Mm-hmm. Right, you know? Verse 8, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of, of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. So holding fast the faithful word mm-hmm. as he hath been taught, you're dealing with the Bible. Exactly. That he may be able through sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer. So he may he's supposed to be well learned in the scriptures. He he's supposed to be able to use these scriptures to exalt, lift people up, give them understanding of what they need to do, and even people that's against the scriptures that want to continue saying you're supposed to show them that they need to repent. Exactly, and show them that that's how you follow Christ. You're supposed to show them how to follow Christ, not running your mouth and going into your own doctrine and your own philosophy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, I got one more scripture uh, I want to hit. All right. And then you bring out what you want to All right. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians, chapter four. Ephesians, chapter four. Um, start in verse 11. Ephesians, chapter four, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. So this is what Christ gave the church. True apostles, true prophets, true evangelists, true pastors, and true teachers. This is what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. For the perfecting of the saints. So if you're perfecting the saints, you're teaching the saints how to become perfect in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. You're teaching the saints what they're doing wrong, what they need to stop doing, and what they need to do to follow that example that Christ set forth. Mm-hmm. So that's what a pastor, a bishop, a teacher is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, so they're ready to go out there and convince the gangsayer. Exactly. Ready to go out there and teach the doctrine. Mm-hmm. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, the edifying goes back, that word edifying, which goes back into the instruction, to instruct in righteousness. Mm-hmm. So you're instructing the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ on how they're supposed to walk. That's what you're supposed to be teaching, not about how you get money, how you get rich, <laughs> or how you uh, stand on the street corner and curse out white people, Mm-mm. stand on the street corner and talk about how you're going to kill and rape. That's not what a pastor or minister or teacher of the gospel is supposed to be doing. Not at all. Right? We don't know that. Verse 13. So we all come in the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There you go, unto the measure of the stature. So if you were to take Christ and measure him mm-hmm. and say, look, you got to become a spiritual tape. You measure him, so you got to become just like Christ. Mm-hmm. It says the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ. So we got to become just like him. A lot of people in the churches. This is why you know, this is getting me pissed off, man. 
This is why you know these churches is bugged out out of their minds because even you got our mothers, grandmothers, sisters, brothers, cousins, don't matter. Can't take it personal. This is the true fact that they always say, tell me if I'm wrong, they always say we can't be like Christ. He's the only one that can do it. We can't walk perfect. Let's read that one more time. Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Then what does that scripture mean? What does that mean? We got to be just like him. That means we have a lot of work to put in. People think that the kingdom is just going to be handed to you. Oh, no. That's why you know those people that make that comment, because they don't want to look in the mirror. They don't want to deal with the lust that's inside of them. They don't want to see that they're fornicators. They don't want to see that they're liars. They don't want to see that they're serving idolatry. They don't want to touch that. Why? It's too hard for them to deal with themselves. Exactly. So it's easy for them to, 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 to use, that as an, use that as an excuse, as a cloak for their sins, <laughs> to use it for an excuse to say, you know what? Only Christ can do it. We can't. No, that's BS, because you want to know why? Because the scripture just says what? That we have to be that perfect man, and we have to what? Fulfill that same stature, that same measurement of Christ. That means, brother, we got a lot of work to do. Exactly. When you talk about the measurement, if you're taking a spiritual tape, you look at the measurement of Christ. Did mm-hmm. he lie? Mm-mm. So we can't be liars. Exactly. Did he steal? No. So we can't be stealers. Did he commit sacrilege? Did he commit uh, idol worship? No. So we can't be idol worshippers. Exactly. If, if you are an idol worshiper and you say you will follow Christ, then you're not in that image. You're not in that statue and image of Christ. No, you're not. But in Caesar Borgia, you're, you're in that image and that statue. <laughs> and, and according to this scripture, a bishop, it says what? In verse 11, it, it says he gave some apostles, some prophets, mm-hmm. some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Yeah. So they're supposed to be bringing you to that. Yeah, if they're not bringing you to that, they they are a false pastor, exactly. they're a false teacher, mm-hmm. they're a false evangelist, mm-hmm. a false prophet, a false apostle. Because they're not perfecting you. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be to the perfecting of the saints. They're not even that's their job is the opposite. They're saying only Christ can do it. You can't. So people, is that simple? Like, is that now, simple? I got a scripture on that too. Yeah. Go to uh first John the second chapter. All right. First John chapter two, start of verse four. First John chapter two, and verse four. If I could get it, he that saith I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So, when Christ was here, did Christ keep the commandments? Yes, he did. So it says, he that said I know him and keep not his commandments is a liar, mm-hmm. because. We're supposed to be following his steps. We're supposed to be trying to mold ourselves into him, to his image. Mm-hmm. And he's, the scripture says if we say that we don't and we're not doing those things, then we're lying. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? Verse 5. But whosoever keep his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Here's how we that we are in him. And he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. 
walk as he walked, meaning you following his steps. You following those examples that he set forth. You want to be just like Christ. Not like Mike. It's not I want to be just nah, like Mike. Nah. I want to be just like Christ. And in this world, they glorify men so like you're saying like Mike, because when we use the word like Mike, because it's going to the like the Creflos, like the T.D. Jakes, like the Joyce Myers, like, you know what I mean? So they want to be like these people. That's the footsteps you really following are the footsteps of your pastor because you're not following the footsteps of Christ. And when I say that, I mean the false teachers that's out there, the false, you know, doctrine that's out there in the world. If you're following them, that's who you're following, them. You're not following Christ and his footsteps. No, you're following the footsteps of your pastor. Exactly. Following the false prophet. Because the pastor is not supposed to teach you to follow him. He's supposed to teach you to follow Christ, point blank, period. And it's not about money. He's not supposed to be teaching you on how you can become rich, mm-hmm. how you can attain the American dream. That's mm-hmm. not the goal, people. No. That is not the goal. The goal is we just read in verse. Let's go. Let's read that one more time. And if you got anything else, you want to bring it up. Where are we at again? Ephesians 4. I want to read that one more time. Ephesians 4, 11 down to 13. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in a unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that's the goal. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, and that's what the prophets are for. That's what the pastors are set up for. That's what the teachers are set up for. Not for anything else, not for money, not for riches, not to be on the street cursing and yelling at people. We're supposed to come in the fullness and measurement of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what we, we, we that's what our goal is. Yeah, um, Hebrews. Give me Hebrews 13 and 20. We're going to close it out with two scriptures I have. Okay, beautiful. Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to read verse 20, 20 and 21. Hebrews 13 and 20. And the God of peace that brought again, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be forever and ever, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, because through the blood of Jesus Christ is how the saints are going to be perfect. All right? It's through his blood. So when we repent and we're cleansed through his blood, now, do we get dirty again? You're not supposed to. All right. So the whole thing is don't get it twisted. There's things that we got to work on. And we go through our little things. Exactly. We go through our process of actually cleansing all the way to be perfect. But my point is, just like when you get in the shower, you go in the shower, you take a shower. You don't just take a shower one day, right? Take a shower every day. You take a shower every day because you got to be clean every day. There's things inside of you that we got to purge every day. We got to cleanse every day inside of us to stay clean. And that's what. Um, that's why we have... Teachers that help us and mm-hmm. bring our scriptures, bring things to our remembrance, give us the understanding of repentance, what we need to do, what we need to work on, what we need to continue focusing on mm-hmm. to help us strengthen us in this walk. Yeah, because Christ came, He is that atonement. Yes, He cleansed 
cleansed us of, of our sins, but now we got to stay clean. Because read verse, uh, verse 21. Make you perfect in every good work to do his will. To do what? To do his will. So you cleanse through Jesus Christ, but you still got a will to do. Yeah, his will, yeah. yeah you got to do. Meaning what? Walk in that same stature, that measure and stature of Christ. That's the will. His will is the keep, keeping of his commandments, meaning his word. That's his will. I want to move on real quick because we're short for time. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, read verse 24 through 26. So that's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Okay. 2 Timothy 2.24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. Patience. So the, the servant of the Lord, we shouldn't be trying to argue and strive with people, starting fights with people, verbally and in terms of physics. We ain't supposed to be even be in that spirit in the first place. And we're supposed to be apt to teach and be gentle unto these individuals as we teach. To all men. Read on. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledgement, acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. I'm going to sum it up like this because I know we're short for time. I'm going to say it quick. Our job is to teach the commandments and to teach people to come up out of the snare of the devil because we can't get them out of the snare of the devil. When you commit fornication, that's a snare of the devil. When you commit idolatry, that's a snare of the devil. When we teach you to stop serving Christmas and keeping Thanksgiving and Easter, that's a snare of the devil. We can't make you stop doing that, but you got to have the scriptures that say don't, don't do these things. Stop committing idolatry. Stop committing fornication. Stop stealing. Stop killing. You got to get yourself out of the snare of the devil. We can't do that. Our job is to teach you, give you the instructions to get yourself up out of danger. That's all our job is. And with that, uh, let me one Titus 2, uh, verse 11. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Read it on down. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify to himself a peculiar people, people excuse me, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So that's what we got to be dealing with. That's what the prophets and the teachers are supposed to be dealing with. And with that, we said thank you for tuning in to our show. Look, the most, most high in Christ bless you. And shalom. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is one 871 1712. Our email address is bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Our website, thedocc.com, contains our telephone number and email address. 
as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification and repentance and good works. Again, our website address is the DOCC.com. So please feel free to connect with us today.